Welcome to another episode of the Property Nomads podcast. And today we are going to be looking at how to invest in the UK from abroad. And today's guest is recording from Sweden in Gothenburg. And it's Nana Piacy, who is co-founder of Miracle Properties Limited and also the co-host of the Penga Flutter podcast as well. And uh, Nana, we were just sort of having a laugh off air, weren't we, about how to pronounce your surname. I'll probably botch that. How do you pronounce your surname? <laughs> so you say Piercier. And thank Piercier. you for having me. So it's a story, uh, my surname as well. So when my dad came to Sweden, he's from uh, Ghana. So I'm second generation. Because Sweden didn't uh, accept people that wasn't immigrants, so he lied that he was from Kenya. So he couldn't <laughs> he couldn't say his real surname. So he came up with an idea like, okay, what can I use? So PSC means the eldest uh, son. So that's this that's my surname today. Oh shit. <laughs> Uh, that that probably hands down the best intro ever to the podcast. I think that's super. I love the story behind that. That is wonderful. Uh, I, of course, we'll be we'll be touching base today on investing in the UK from Sweden because, as I said, you're based in in Gothenburg. Yeah. Um, at the moment, but I suppose let's start from the beginning because. Um, you said you've got quite a storied background, and everyone gets into property for different reasons. So, yeah. what was what, what what was your reason for wanting to get started in property? So, my reason was uh, this was two thousand seventeen. Uh, we got the news that we were going to turn out to be parents. Me and Emily, the other co-founder, and I was thinking. I really don't want to work to uh, 65 and uh, yeah, it's good money that I get from my work. I can travel, I can purchase basically everything I want, but it's nothing that I like. And I know that Emily like uh, property as well. And I like the relationships, etc. So then it was just, okay, how can we do it? So I started listening to uh, these uh, American podcasts and books, Bigger Pockets, etc. And me and Emily had like a discussion about, yeah, should we do it or not? And she was like, no, I don't want to do it in the U.S. First of all, it's too far, the time zone, etc. So I was like, oh, <laughs> all this research, all this... <laughs> <laughs> and then she just like say like that so i went to uh they had this rich dad poor dad seminar here in sweden so i went to it i was like yeah why not i brought my mate we went and it was about the uk market and then they just said so many stuff that you could do in the uk you know like lease option rent to rent the uh, yeah, all this creative stuff and lending, etc., is much more favorable than if you compare to Sweden. That's very strict. So I was like, okay, I'm buying this course. I don't, I don't care. So, and at that time we have, this is around, uh, I think it's yeah, 2018. So we have gotten our daughter, 
So I was like, okay, Emily, I bought this course. It's a three days event. This is your push present. <laughs> we're going. And she was like, what? I'm like, yeah, we're going to Stockholm three days. This is your push present. So yeah, we we went went on the on this course. We bought the mentorship because we uh, we thought like, okay, yeah, we can read books, we can do all of this stuff, and you know, there's a lot of free content out. But as a foreigner, we think if you're going to a new market, you need to understand how the people, not just by books and trying to get someone who opened the gates to you. And then when you have come in to the new market, you can then reach out and do your own stuff. So we were very clear that, yeah, the thing that they're selling us on the course is just, you know, yeah, let me say BS. <laughs> you know, like, oh, you can get financial free in six months, you know, all of this stuff, you know. But we were aware that, yeah, we we're willing to work hard and we have that end in our mind, you know. So it doesn't matter if it takes three years, five years, as long as we're doing something we want and we're, we're growing our business. So. That, that sounds fantastic and really to me I, 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 that resonates quite a bit because what you're saying to correct me if I'm wrong is that you've sort of you're going to have your daughter and then you realize it I, I'm guessing your push factor is that you want to spend as much time with your daughter as possible to see her grow up and yeah. you know that, that takes time and you wanted to find that balance sure. and you know that's what it sounds like to me so that sounds superb thanks thanks no, so yeah, it's like, and you know, it's very much. Uh, it was easy to get motivated, you know, when you when you see your daughter there, you see your fiance there, you're like, yeah, uh, doing this extra legwork, it, it's it's all right, you know, doing those extra hours, going up early, going, you know, just to know, to learn UK and all the contacts. So the first year we we spent a lot of. Uh, money going back and forth to uk because we thought you need to you know you can speak with people through zoom and skype and all of this but when you meet them that's when you really you know get to know them because you can you can be as who you want in our screen you know and pretend but when you see someone you get the vibe and yeah I don't know if it's like I think I'm like a people person, so I can feel that. But <laughs> I like more face to face when you meet. Um, we were just talking again off off air to say the time this is out. Uh, you know, we're in at least in in England, we're in lockdown, but it's that's not a concept that you're familiar with in Sweden. No, and <laughs> I, I mean we could create a whole new podcast on why why that is. Obviously, you know, have different uh, you know socio economic values in in Sweden and Scandinavia yeah in general so i think that's fascinating um in terms of uh, a little bit off property but i'm curious to know from your time of going back and forth between the uk and sweden i mean what what did you have any preconceptions of what british people are like and then if you did 
did we live up to the stereotypes or were we, did you find that British people were completely different from what you and Amelia thought? <laughs> so to be honest, because of, uh, I think before property, the country that I have visited most since my childhood to uh, being uh, an adult is UK. First of all, uh, I don't know if you if you like football, but I support Arsenal. <laughs> so, so I've been. <laughs> I didn't so for the benefit of people that aren't seeing a video, I'm, I'm shaking my head in disgust and disbelief. Oh. Uh. So, <laughs> love so, football. Love football. Carry on. Carry on. So I've been to uh, Arsenal several times, and my brother used to live in London, and my mom's best friend lived in London. So. My whole childhood have always been back in Fort London, and I always loved the culture. The only thing I have never liked about the UK is the weather. <laughs> so, no, but if you compare Sweden with the UK, um, even my missus said it. Every time we were there together, she was like, you would, you would fit so much in here, you know, because people just like how you are and you're so open, etc., chatty, etc. Because here in Sweden, people are very drawn back, you know, they're, they're not chatty. So, I mean, if, if we go into a pub in UK, we can talk with anyone, right? You can start a conversation with anyone. But in Sweden, it's more like you need to know the person. It's or they need to be heavily, heavily drunk. <laughs> I, mean, I find that to be an interesting concept because we, again, uh, sort of a bit off topic, but as British people, we, um, you know, we I think we're well known for being quite reserved. So okay, yeah, alcohol does help. Uh, quite a lot sometimes but I do find in comparison yeah. to other cultures I mean I've been to like a lot of uh, Latin America and you know go to Spain Italy and stuff like that and I find that people over there are incredibly way more social than we are yeah. in the UK so I, I think that, that comparison is fascinating I've never been to Scandinavia so yeah. I, I've got nothing to but, compare to but you're right you're right you're totally right if you compare to uh, so southern Europe people they're more uh, open than UK. It is, but I'm just comparing Scandinavia with UK. And uh, I think, you know, when you ask people for help, they're so, uh, they, they try to help while in Sweden, they might look at you and like, okay, it's not my problem. <laughs> makes makes perfect sense. Uh, uh, and again, off the cuff, Arsenal because of Freddie Lundberg? Uh, no. No, it was so. It was Ian Wright. Oh so, yes, what a player! So when I was uh, young, I I loved when he just took off the sh shirt and it said "At last" and all of this. So I did it my own, my own when I was playing. You know, so when I was scoring, I had had under "At last" and people started to laugh. Yeah. <laughs> Love it. I love it. I, I'm also aware that there's going to be people listening to this going, guys, get on with the property. I want to you know, talk about property. Anyway, we'll, we'll do that. So, <laughs> yeah. So, uh, Rich Dad, Poor Dad, course, mentorship, getting used to the culture back and forth yeah. uh, between the UK and Sweden. And then, I mean, how did you, and, and again, I sort of come from a point of view of, you know, if I live in the UK, you know, you get told, you know, similar stuff. It's, you know, find it, you know, Get your visions and dreams and values and that sort of stuff. 
and then find an area, you know, be prepared to travel if you want to and all this sort of stuff. Then go and visit the area, do your homework, speak to the lettings agents, estate agents. Did you find that process to be exactly the same for you? Yeah, but they wanted us to uh, get hold of sources. So, and I do understand that that's the best approach if you find a good sourcer. But as you're aware, there's a lot of bad sourcers that's not honest. And, you know, if you don't do your due diligence, you can, yeah, <laughs> lose a lot of money. And uh, Emily is an accountant. So, yeah, she, <laughs> she looks at numbers <laughs> back and forth. And I like to do research. So we're a good team. So we started with sourcers and um, now we have like maybe two that we work with, but uh, at the same time, we scatter the, the market ourselves because we have uh, learned the investment area through contacting letting agents and visiting them when uh, we went over to UK and just ask people that invest in the areas and live in the area through going through forums and etc and mm-hmm. i think that helps so you i i think you need to go get that extra mile when you're overseas if you really want to learn about the investment area because you cannot like like you today you can go and drive to the area in the morning and see how it is and then you can go in the evening and see how it is while we we cannot see that difference so we we really really uh need to rely on the sourcers or the people that you work with so that's why i always say property it's a it's a people business totally totally agree with that and um you know people that know me will know i'm not the best people person in the world and you know i'll hold my hands up to that but uh, i i love the i love the trial and error that you, you've mentioned there. So, I mean, again, you don't have to go into stories if you don't want to, but have you then had bad experiences with property sources and people in the UK? Yes, I have. And I'm not going to name and shame, but I'm going to, I can tell the story. Uh, yeah, no, please, please do. Just so it's, it's good for educational purposes. So uh, yeah, please. Yeah. So it was this sourcer that sent a deal uh, and saying it was off market, etc. And uh, then when you <laughs> when you did the search, your due diligence, and etc. You put put in the postcode, etc. I don't think even think she put in the postcode. I just scattered the right move and supply, and then I just found it, and it was for the it was above the asking price that she had sourced the deal. And so, so uh, and the bad thing was that the the following week another Swedish investor took the deal. So uh, that's sad. Yeah, I I, I agree hundred percent. I, I think you know there's always an element of I, I think you have to have an element of dual responsibility. Yeah. I think that. You know, as as an investor, and you know, we use you know we use sources as well. As an investor, you have to do your own homework. You have to do your due diligence. As you, you know, I think not even just in property, but in life, you know, you yeah. don't just take people's word for it. Do your homework, but uh, and at the same time, 
you know, if, if I'm this property sourcer, I mean, I, I couldn't sleep at night if, I, if I'd done that, personally. Yeah. Um, I, yeah, that, that, that doesn't sit well with my ethics or our ethics as a company. Um, but I do think that people have got a duty of care because it's these people that you know, give the rest of the industry or can get the rest of the industry a bad name. And that's, you know, always, I mean, that happens, it's not just property, it's, a, you know, it's any walk of life, any business, you know, whatever. But it's a shame that it's always a, the, uh, the minority that seem to ruin it for the majority. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. I have, I have a lot of stories. Uh, even the one that uh, the flip that we did. Uh, so th- there were there were a couple who did, uh, or a pair, or not a couple, two guys, and they split during the the flip. So he, the one said that he wanted all of the international investors, and then another one said, "Okay, you can take them. I can carry on." So we got a hold of the guy who took over the international investors. In the beginning, everything was fine. We were talking on WhatsApp, etc. Everything was good. But then the guy just vanished. He just he didn't reply like for three weeks. And we're doing a flip, <laughs> you know. It's going on mm. to the market now and etc. And he just vanished. And so in the end, we had to contact the guy who uh, left and said that, okay, your ex-partner, he did this, this, this. Could we do it with you or could you help us? And he said, yeah, if you want, uh, you can have me as contact instead because that's not good of him. You know, we, me and him agreed that he will take the international and I will take the domestic and uh, we'll split our ways. So, uh, that's what he did. He took care of us, the the, the other guy, and uh, saw it to to the end. And yet today we have contact with him. But then <laughs> a Swedish couple got hold of this guy that we uh, was supposed to have, and he they've done a flip now, and they did they started this flip in november last year and yet today they're not done and he's been ghost wow. he's been he's been ghosting them now for like two months mm. so <laughs> i'm just happy that uh, <laughs> and 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 the thing is with this deal they're doing a jv on it so there it's he's not even sourcing it he's just doing a, they're doing a jv with him so that's just bad apples out there Really rotten. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I, yeah. I mean, it's 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 part and parcel of of property, and I, I think, as, as you say, it's important why we have to do our homework, not just on the deal, but on, on people. You, you know, you have yeah. to take time to build a relationship. I just want to point out, actually, Nana. I, one thing that I really respect you both for is that you've taken a very methodical approach to everything and you've taken a lot of time because you understand that it takes time to build these relationships build this you know network and so many people just rush into it and don't get me wrong some people will rush into it and will be successful great superb but some people just rush into it they see the pound signs or the krona signs you know whatever (laughs) and they just uh you know and 
you know, then bad things happen, and then then that's where you sort of question yourself and question other, you know. So I, you know, just you know, respect that the approach you've taken is very methodical, and uh, it sounds like, a, you know, a lot of you've had some really um, interesting experiences so far. <laughs> thanks, thanks. Yeah, I had, and and, and I, I'm not saying that uh, we're the best property investors from Sweden, etc. We're not, but we're very cautious. You know, we don't want to rush into stuff. Plus a majority of the money that we have the capital it's from investors here from sweden and me and emily see like if someone give you their savings or pension money or whatever you should have that responsibility and think it it's like your own money so you don't rush into stuff you need to really analyze the best and of course stuff can go wrong like they did with the flip, it went wrong. But the thing was, uh, we had a good connection with the guy who left. So for us, it was very hard that he left because that what we we got to know him and not his business partner. So we didn't have no connection there, and that's why I think yet today, we and him we're still speaking with him because we have that connection from the start. So that's something that I I've learned that uh this is so vital in property and in business it's it's a personal business it's it's personal it is it's a people business it's not just about flashy spreadsheets and you know <laughs> yeah it's uh, yeah uh, so I mean, to be fair Aaron does you know my business partner Aaron, he does most of the sort of people relations because that's out yeah. of us two that's his skill set uh, i love yeah. a good spreadsheet me to be honest <laughs> I, you know, I love like i love Emily. the numbers <laughs> Uh, but you know, and you need that, don't you, Nanny? You need yeah. that to have that proper, true teamwork. You know, you yeah, need yeah. to have yeah. do the do the things that other people don't like to do. Yeah. In terms of other things, then, I mean, other experiences that you've had that you think can help other international investors. I mean, any other key nuggets of information that you could you could share? Basically, do your due diligence. So look up people on company houses, you know, and ask about unit because because if you get a sourcer that just sent you a deal and it looks like it's good, you need to know the person as well. What have they done? Uh, ask them how long have they been? They got into a sourcing. Um, education and do they have all of the compliance all of these stuff uh, you should i think you should ask and after that mm. you should just think of okay do i click with the person or do i not click with the person do we share similar values i mean let's say if <laughs> if if i find a sourcer that's maybe I'm very extreme now, but let's say he's he's a racist. I mean, <laughs> it doesn't. We I don't think we can work then, you know. So, mm. so it's 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 not just about the money. People should just slow down and think for the long run. Uh, that's the thing uh, I've noticed that people uh, rush. They they rush a lot. They just buy deals or. Like here in Sweden, uh, 
you know, the, the, during this COVID, it's been a lot of training companies doing webinars and et cetera. So they talk about all of these, oh, lease option, lease option, lease option. And to be honest, from Sweden, it's hard to get a lease option. I mean, you should, you should think about it yourself. Why should a sourcer, if they find a lease option, why should they sell it to you if it's a good lease option? It doesn't make sense, right? Yeah, 100%. Why? Why should they sell it for you for 3000 when they can get a free property and they can pay it like, I don't know how many years, but you, you know what I mean? But people don't, it seems like people don't think. They just, oh, lease option, lease option. Oh, I saw, I saw this on a, a webinar, lease option. This is early. Or like rent to rent. And then they don't know how it works. So they go and buy a rent to rent deal and... They pay a lot of sourcing fee and then they pay refurb. Maybe someone say, yeah, 10,000 on refurb on rent to rent. And then they give a guarantee rent with no exit, nothing, you know. And that's because they don't know and they just buy the deal. And then they sit there, oh, I'll try rent to rent. Oh, how does your rent, how can your rent to rent work? Because we learn how it is and how the people do it that are professional and then we adapt it to our end so that that's basically what i can say that uh, people that are investing remotely or live in another country and investing in uk try to understand the the tactics before you just jump in and try to be critics that not just oh yes a deal a deal a deal (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> totally i totally with you on that in terms of um you know managing refurbs or whether you know joint venture partners are managing refurbs however you set it up h- how do you manage that do you use skype zoom whatsapp a, a combination uh, how how does that look like for miracle properties <laughs> so we do uh whatsapp and then we have like this uh, schedule of works so that we go through and uh, yeah, we send payment after they have done stuff. So yeah, that, that's the only way we can do. But like I said, uh, before COVID, <laughs> we used to go over there maybe once every two, three months. So when we bought the flip, uh, I went actually to the door to see, cause my, uh, my, uh, my, uh, Emily's mom was joking. Yeah, you don't even know if you have bought the property that it's uh, it's real. <laughs> I'm like, okay, but we have papers and etc. Yeah, but maybe they're scamming. <laughs> so when I went to Swansea and I took a picture and I did a video and I, I sent it to her, like saying, "See, here is the <laughs> the property. <laughs> it's real." One of us. One uh, advantage I, I think many people take for granted is is uh, how good the land registry is. You know, the minute you're registered on the land registry, then yeah. you know it's it's pretty much straightforward from there. Uh, yeah. you know, simple things like that make the biggest of difference. Yeah, when it comes to investing. Yeah, oh. but you but you during this with project managers. So what you should do is uh, you should ask them to when they, when they go into the property, they should go from outside so you can see that it's your property. 
So it's not like <laughs> someone else and they're like, yeah, here's your property. Because <laughs> uh, this is a funny story as well. I know I have a lot of stories, but uh, these, there's, a, there's a lot of Swedes that invest in wells as well. And um, they bought this uh, commercial uh, and did it to conversion. So the issue is they never, they get the same photos, everyone. So they don't know which, <laughs> which property is which property. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, no comments. <laughs> wow. Just absolute wow. I mean, uh, that that is utter... Yeah. Well, I'm just going to say that is utter fucking madness. But... As, as you point out, you know that that's the sort of stuff that that's the sort sort of stuff that can happen. And I think, and again, I, you know, I've not, you know, this, these are the not the sort of practices that we we do. But I can imagine if if you're, and again, I'm, I'm not picking on sources, but they're just the first people because they, they yeah. seem like the, the middlemen or the middle person here. Yeah. But if, if you're a sourcer and you're sourcing to someone that's living in Sweden, you know. If things go wrong, and I, I don't know if this is a mentality or not, but there's probably got to be a part of them that just thinks ah, that, that's okay. They're in Sweden; they can't, you know, they can't, they can't hunt me down easily. But if if the person investor lived like three minutes away, yeah, then they might have second thoughts about how they do things. I, I don't know, but it's just uh, a guess. I, I think you're totally right. That's what I think. That's why they have this. Some of the sources have that mentality especially when they're dealing with people like that live in hong kong and etc they know yeah they're not taking a flight coming over here like <laughs> you know so mm. I, I i totally agree i think it's it's that's mentality they have but from our end i think we should be more critics like like i said you should challenge them okay uh where how do i know it's my property how do i know all of these questions but what I've been told, they haven't said that. So it's on both ends, I think. 100%. That, that, that is the thing, isn't it? It, it? it has to come from both ends. You have to accept. If things go wrong, you, you have to accept responsibility and then figure out how to improve that. And that, that's just a mindset thing. Yeah. The, yeah. I don't know if it's Tony Robbins that said it, but you know, it, no matter what's going on in the world or in, in your personal life, you have yeah. to accept responsibility for where you are. Yeah. So, you know, whether that's properties, how many, you know, what what the what your portfolio looks like, you know, if you want to get better or have more, well, then take responsibility for that. Um, yeah. You know, if you want to, like, yeah, again, can't see me, you know, all, all of me, but you know, I look at myself and go, well, Rob, I, I could lose a few pounds here. I need to lose a few pounds, so I've got to take responsibility yeah. for that and go right. You know, let's get out for a walk. Let's you know get hit the well. I say hit the gym. They're going to be closed, but <laughs> you know, you've got to take responsibility for that yeah. as well. And so, yeah, I love what you say. It works both ways, and that's I, important. I, I I totally agree because it's it seems like in the era that we live in, we always try to blame on someone. We never want to uh, take responsibility. And to be honest, I hate people like that, even if I. I associate with people because majority of the people are like that. But uh, I, I don't like it. I, I'm more like if if I do something, it was it was I who decided to do it. And if it goes wrong, I should just man up. But people, a lot of people, just 
no, it was his fault or this fault or this happened, blah, blah, blah. Okay. <laughs> yeah, not not good, not good. I, I think that's um, you know, a lot of really critically useful information there that I, I think that people, you know, and this can apply to people that are investing internationally yeah. as you are. But this can also apply to people that are based in the UK that want to invest in an area that they might not live in yeah. um, as well. Um, well now, just before we wrap up, um, sort of mentioned that you co-host the Pengathleda podcast. Yeah, my my Swedish is not that good. So, what does that mean, and uh, what what sort of stuff do you cover on the podcast? So, Pengathleda podcast, it's about uh, it, it means cash flow, but in Swedish. So we were looking out cash flow, and then we saw a lot of podcasts were named cash flow, and we we're like, okay, it doesn't stand out. So uh, let's translate it to uh, paying a flood podcast instead. So what we cover is, so we do like an episode, one episode in Swedish, where me and Emily talk about our journey or what's happening in the UK at the moment. And then the other episode, it's always uh, a guest from the UK or a guest that invests in the UK. And we like pick their brains up. So... So we we talk about our journey, plus we're giving back at the same time. So I, I think it yeah, got a lot of positive reviews. People say that, oh, I didn't know about that, and etc. So that's 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 good. And then we have a Facebook group uh, for all of the Swedish investor that invest in the UK. So when when I came back from this uh, course, and we did a mentorship, and I was like. There's a lot of people that invest in UK from Sweden, but we don't have any community. So uh, how can I reach out to them? You know, so I just started to gather from different page, uh, different social uh, communities that were property community and that people that have Swedish name. And then I just did that group and now we've grown to 600. So that's, that's really good. So we have like this online networks and etc. because of the COVID, but before we had physical uh, meets. So it's, it's nice to have a community where you can ask and they can see it from your uh, perspective because they're investing from Sweden as well in the UK. So yeah, that, that's the broad. Wonderful. I, I just, it's, it's absolutely wonderful. I, I love being able to have, sort of listen to these stories and listen to different people, how they do things. I think there's a lot of great information there. And what we'll do, as usual, we'll put all the links in the in the show notes, yes. uh, especially to, to the podcast. But I mean, Nana, if people wanted to get hold of you on, on social media, and, and again, we'll put these links in the show notes as well. How do people get hold of you? So... Uh... I'm very active on Instagram. That's how I wrote to you. <laughs> so miracle uh, underline properties underline LTD. That's our Instagram and uh, Facebook. It's uh, miracle properties LTD. And per if you personally want to get in touch with me, it's uh, Nana PSA Facebook. So yeah. And the Penga Flood podcast, it's everywhere on Spotify, iTunes, and we have some great guests there. Uh, 
some guests that you already have had as well. So take a listen and yeah. Awesome stuff. Well, a massive thank you for your time. I say we'll put all the links in the show notes and yeah, I mean, yeah, best of luck continuing with uh, investing in the UK. Thank you. And thank you very much for having me and taking the time to interview me. This was really fun and I hope the listener liked it as well. How, how do you say thank you in Swedish? Tack, Savika. Tack, Tack Savika. <laughs> you can do it. <laughs> <laughs>